0: Who's going to start from Katie McCabe rant? Is it going to be near you, Emma? He knew he messed up the minute the whistle went because he went straight up to KEM. I don't know what he said. I should have started you. I don't think he said that, but he should be saying Subscribe that.
1: to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Brian O'Driscoll
0: on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now you're welcome along. Great to have you with us. Brian O'Driscoll in studio. Hello. Joe, it's always good to be in here in close proximity to you. (laughs) So, uh, I've a bone to pick with you. Oh, we didn't talk about this all air. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It has been a hallmark of Irish rugby for the last number of months that emotionally they keep things on an even keel. We see Johnny Sexton uh, emotional during Ireland's call. I had thought maybe the fact that he's not going to do this all that more often in Dublin was the reason he was emotional. Then he he talked afterwards about... uh, the visit from you and Craig Doyle and David Irwin of course on Monday to the camp uh, talking about well you can tell us in more detail but your documentary about the North South Divide and what the Jersey means and presumably what Ireland's call uh, means as well and uh, it came back to hit Johnny five, six days later. Do you want to lay off on this? Do you want to want just take it easy keep the emotion in check? That's not what
1: sport is about it's about emotion it's about singing your national anthem with pride um, and I think there's. I'm sure with Johnny Johnny's case, he knows that. There's a couple of other, maybe three other opportunities to play at home. You know, in the Aviva, yeah. and the magnitude of big games like France. You know, they're going to be. It's England, and that's it. There's one more big one for them because the others are a means to an end. The warm up, World Cup warm up games. Don't know how many there are in the Aviva, but, um, but yeah games that truly count that have purpose and meaning at the end of them that that's going to stimulate um emotion and um I, there's a little bit of the sanctity of the dressing room about this um because yeah it was a, it was a really lovely evening um what prompted it it it, it had i'd been asked about <laughs> 2 years ago by um Andy Farrell to come in and and do it um and uh, and then COVID, you know, it, it might have even been pre-COVID, that's how long ago it was. And then just kept got kicked down the road a few times and then ultimately it was decided on this. And it was it was just wanting, I think a lot of the boys had seen the documentary, or a good few of them. But remember this group of players, you know, many some of them were, were, have been born after the Good Friday Agreement. You know, so that's how far ago it was, uh, how, lo- how long back we have to look to the troubles in inverted commas. Um, so... Um, so listen, the, the the long short of it, yeah, we went in and spoke, talked about the documentary, and then I know that it's known that that James Ryan um, spoke and spoke incredibly well. Um, you know, he's obviously, you know, he's he's a history graduate, um, history steeped in his family with a great grandfather fighting in the Rising in in nineteen sixteen in the GPO. So like this, you know, th- that's part of his upbringing and his makeup. Um so but he spoke so so well. Mm. Um and yeah it was a lovely it was lovely to be part of um of a good evening. And listen, you know what came later on and Johnny's the emotion terrific. But um I guess it was yeah it was a bit of reminiscing about what it meant to play for Ireland as well. What it was like to be in camp. I hadn't been in camp for 9 years. Mm. So and it, it, I won't lie it's a little bit nerve-wracking going in and meeting guys who mm, see you as the journalist yeah. rather than the ex-player. They remember what you said about them 6 e- years ago. Correct. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. Um and and you could, you know, they'll rem- they won't remember the six good things but they'll remember the one bad. And that's that's what players do. So, th- I was a little bit nervous uh, going into it. Um but yeah, all you can do is is talk um I suppose openly and and freely about how you, how you've felt, and certainly when we're talking about the documentary that was that was the case um and and my learning along in the process of um of doing it of not wanting to do too much research to find out things in real time but then not come across as ignorant it's kind of a fine yeah.
0: line Cause, uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I do remember you interviewing Rory best in that documentary, and you both uh Acknowledging that it wasn't really something you would have explicitly discussed as players. It just doesn't tend to come up to almost this in some respects. This is the first time we really hashed it out and you give me your perspective and, and yeah. I'll give you mine. So in, in that sense, what a nice kind of vehicle for the team to actually talk about these things.
1: Yeah, like it really wasn't just never a thing. Mm. It really wasn't. Um, and yeah, we talked myself... Bestie talked about calling each other lefties and and you know him getting abused about being Ireland captain. You know when he didn't sing Ireland's call and someone saying you know um, what you know why isn't that fat Protestant you know um, singing Ireland's call? Sure isn't it for him? And you know I was having a laugh going, which was more upsetting. You know being called a Protestant or fat. <laughs> um, so like even I remember and I, I I've, I've told. I don't know if I told... That. I think I might have told this in camp on, on Monday because I've, I've said I've said it before and this isn't just specifically about the camp. But I remember my earliest understanding of it was in 99 before the World Cup. Paddy Johns and myself were getting drug tested and um, we were going through all the questionnaire and he was asked, where are you from? And he said, Nor- Northern Ireland. And I was like, we're going to a World Cup. And I was like oh my gosh, we're from different countries here. And and ratting was encouraged you know, to the judge at that stage. I'm only a 20 year old, you know, and I'm going, should I really be this guy? But anyway, I did, I told Eric Elwood anyway on the bus the next day, Eric stands up and goes, oh, I believe, you know, a few fines. And Paddy, just um, to, just to clarify, so on in your, in your documentation you put down um, Northern Irish, sorry, it was Northern Irish. It wasn't Northern, where, where are you from? Northern Ireland, it was nationality, Northern Irish. Identity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and then so Eric stood up and goes so if I get drug tested next week should I put down Western Irish and I was just having a laugh but that was as close as it ever got yeah. to and it was literally just for shits and giggles yeah. it was just for a laugh it was never I didn't go oh, gosh I just thought it was strange
0: different but uh, each to their own uh, Craig Doyle there as well and then I suppose to have David Irwin who's now a current Ulster doctor and again for um X now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's left the pole. Yeah, 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 he has. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. For younger... Um, he was there for a long time though. Yeah, members of the team. He was one of the three in the 1987 uh, car bomb which killed Justice Morris Gibson and his wife, Cecily. Uh, Nigel Carr didn't make that World Cup. Uh, Philip Rainey was there as well. It's a, a £500 IRA uh, bomb. The lads were obviously not the target of it. Uh, they just happened to be wrong place, wrong time. I mean, I just reread... Uh, David Irwin's uh, memories of of that day uh, before you came in and they're harrowing. so I presume having him to speak uh, personally is I'm hearing pins drop at the back mm. of the room territory.
1: yeah it's it's, a, it's an amazing story that he does tell and I got it at the site of the bomb you know in the documentary and yeah he does he, his, his wife uh, Janice said she, he's she's never heard him talking about it before that. Um, before the documentary and understandably, you know, he got emotional in, in the doc. Um, but I think, you know, when, when he talks of personal experience like that, it's the sliding doors moment and your whole life, mm. you know, hundreds of a second one way or the other could be vastly different or non-existent. It's, you know, it brings it home. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a lovely evening to be part of and, you know, nice that um, Doing a piece of work like that has, has an impact on, on, on people even kind of a few years later. And the thing is, for me, the big part of that was, that, yes, it's about rugby, but it's not really. It's kind of a culture story um, and, and an acceptance story of, of you know, we're, we're, there's so many different versions of being Irish in, um, on, this, on this island. Um, and now all the more so because we've got Kiwis and Australians and South Africans and Hawaiians in camp so it's it's changed again mm. uh, to the rugby this was quite the game wasn't it um, like the first half it's very hard to keep a half like that going for 80 minutes like the reality is you you know the, the ferocity of it um, it, it tends those things tend to not peter out it certainly didn't peter out because it was still incredibly physical but from a spectacle point of view the first half had everything um, you know the the thinking around the creation of some scores, the bludgeon around others, the contentious decisions from referee and TMOs, um, uh, been held up over the line a few times, Antoine Dupont's um, strongman strength—like it was just—it was ex- absorbing um, the whole con- the whole first half contest, um, and yeah, it probably. I don't know what it was at halftime we weren't that far ahead was it 1913 or something like a bit disappointed considering their try you know was length of the field 22 to try line you you know we we should have been further ahead being held up a few times and albeit you know the James Lowe try was ultimately I think we can all agree that his foot hit the line Um, but then they got their Bit of luck as well, because that's a red card for me all day long. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it was a brilliant, brilliant half. And the second half was like, it was, a, it was a bit more old school and a bit more survival of the fittest. But there was something tribal almost about that as well, yeah. where it was who's going to, who can find a way to get it done just it th- 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 at at the level of exhaustion and it was Ireland and it was Caelan Doris and it was John and Gary Ringrose who I, both of them, you know, Doris obviously had a an outrageous display but he's been consistently brilliant. I I really think Gary Ringrose's game has significantly elevated this last year and he is playing brilliant, brilliant rugby. Just the thought behind everything that he's doing, it's like he's a, a, a student that's done all it's not cramming it's been this constant workload that's now putting into coming to fruition where it's real strategy to what he's doing and and then on top of it he has a phenomenal engine Mm. like working 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 um, that, that last sequence of play I kind of followed him earlier today just watching it and and how many involvements he had and clearing looks and being the key man and then working hard to the outside and then having the strength and if you watch the carry is in the wrong arm he he, he, he fends uh, Jalibar with his left arm across his body but that power on close to level of exhaustion you see the reaction when he scores it he's really it's rarely he's properly sucking diesel but then he is blowing Um, just its clarity of judgement under total fatigue is where I think this team now is beginning to set itself apart.
0: Mm. And in terms of his strategy uh, throughout his game I'm sure but certainly we've all noticed Ringrose picking his moments to shoot up from defence and that's a high wire act he seems to get it right more often
1: Yeah he like he, he'll go down and having a few misses against Wales but what he does do is he changes the point of what that attack wants to do because rarely do does that individual get the ball away as they would have wanted? A lot of his misses, he he comes across the front of them and so they have to duck back inside and and what happens outside then is players have to check their runs, it's not to the same intensity or the pass then that might be thrown is inside shoulder or it just slows down which allows a scramble to change, um, to, to react to his decision making. And then sometimes he gets huge collisions, man and ball, smashed down bigger last week I thought what looked a bit different this week is you know he's keeping the integrity of the line and sometimes there'll be a three on two and they don't you know he's, he's controlling it well on a drift but then this firing in a control from a controlled position but then fires almost catches the player in possession off guard before they have the chance to really make the couple of decisions that they, they feel as though they have in their hand and and he doesn't. He doesn't always wipe them. He got he got bunted early against Fiku, but again, Fiku just then carries into contact, and that play is dead it's, And then the defense has a time, has a chance to um, to settle. And I suppose the nerve nervous part of defending at thirteen is there's there's always danger out wide as the f- fast men. So you want to give it to the bigger ball players more often than not. Keep it away from the fast guys that can, that have X factor, and that's what he's doing. By stopping, by shooting a lot of the time, he's, he's denying Ramos, Demortier, Penault from getting the ball yeah. from Fiku and from Mofana. So I think that's been a real change um, this year. And obviously, he's given license to do it from Simon East to um, be. But it, it seems to be rewarded at the moment yeah. because it's, it's working for them and it's stopping those, those danger players getting more possessions.
0: Curious for your thoughts on the ball and play time which has been much discussed so we're at 46 minutes for that game the average in last year's Six Nations was 36 minutes Stuart Lancaster was talking today and he quipped that it was just non-stop he said he wasn't sure he's ever even coached a game that's gone to 46 minutes in all his uh, years I coach. think England South Africa in, the, in
1: November was
0: 24 <sighs> we must rewatch that. that almost, yeah. almost double yeah and The point has been well made at this stage. France, uh, traditionally a kicking team, uh, decided not to kick. Ireland kicked more than them, which is uh, certainly not the way uh, things have gone with these two teams in the last year. Plus, why do you think France said, OK, we're not kicking it, we're running it?
1: I think they did. Like, to be honest with you, I still think they they kicked it against their will. Um, Like, the thing that you've watching a game back knowing the result you you do watch it in a different way but and it felt a lot tighter in real time than it subsequently transpired to but feel
0: they, they felt very dangerous whenever they had the, the bro- ball
1: the broken field yeah, stuff and, and yeah and how many the turnover to, stuff
0: and really and the balls seemed to bounce to their hands so more stru- often than so not so
1: st- so structure was our friend yeah Loose play was absolutely theirs, where it was bro- open field running and that's, you know, it's that France of old, but this is the France of new, right? And sorry, brief tangent.
0: When Mack Hansen gives that little kick, the game, uh, which led to the Penno try, the game felt especially frenetic then. And even watching in real time, I thought, oh God, do we want to play them too much at their own game as well? But what about the pressure from, on Entomac and then Ramos has this brilliant
1: bat down to Penno to be able yeah. to stop Gary Ringrose from getting a man and balls. So like the, like it's, it's, the, the, it's, a, it's the margin thing again. Okay. And then Penneau, you know, Penno makes that breaking run and Tyke Byrne actually, just as Penneau throws the pass to Geelong, um, Tyke Byrne is tackling him and doesn't finish the tackle. Yeah, it, 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 and It's easy after the fact, you know, but if you're out of the game, take someone with you, particularly the fast guy. Mm. There would always been a, a rule of thumb You know, certainly when I was involved and and I don't see how it would have changed if you're committed to something, don't then allow a player get ahead of you in in some capacity to pay support because he's the key support. Um, And there's other factors that have a knock on effect. You know, Sexto goes high and gets and and has to then chase another few metres. If Sexto gets Shalom, that. Time Hugo Keenan stays at fullback to be the security blanket, whereas Keenan actually has to make that tackle as Sexton's making it, and that's where the offload comes yeah. from. So, so don't get me wrong; it's a brilliantly worked try. It's a, it's it's a, it's a, an exciting try for the neutral to see. But there's there's so many there's always so many different factors to it where it's 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 in the balance. Mm. You know, Ringrose getting there, and then all of a sudden Ty Byrne taking the support out. It's
0: he doesn't have that support player so. And, when and, you and, say, and you can look at
1: that I'm sure on yeah, Ireland tries too
0: don't get me wrong when you say they're still kicking against their will but it I, I thought I thought they
1: they they depiled I think uh, again the Rook is a real point of difference for Ireland the accuracy of it you look over the course of the game and I haven't scrutinised how many numbers they put into Rooks but there were times when they had to win possession with three and four players um, in Rooks and as a result their options were taken away Um, and they had to kick it. And then when they had, uh, it was a few times, and I'm I'm sure Ireland will review it for maybe having them again at some point in the World Cup, potentially quarterfinal or thereafter. um, I thought there was options, there was opportunity to counterattack. Uh, because they had three and four bodies on the ground and light on counter on, on line speed on the kick chase and I think a pass into midfield had would have had them an awful lot more nervous I think they really really miss Jonathan Dante yeah, at 12 did advance, I really actually, do yeah. um, I think defensively uh, Fiku's much better at 13 than he is at 12 I think they're they're a bit disconnected they were disconnected against Italy I don't think it improved significantly and there's there's definitely more opportunities, having seen them Ar- Ireland play France and off oh, first phase even how how lateral Fiku gets and how soft you get on the inside shoulder and the spacing between him and Intimac. But that's for for another day. Mm. But I do feel as though they were forced into their kick game uh, uh, at times because they were going nowhere because the one on one defending was good. I also think that you know there's a. I'd say there's a laziness from them, but pretty early in the game they had time, they'd have four or five second ruck, and time and opportunity to get deeper and run onto the ball at speed, and and Paul Willem said didn't do that, and maybe that's their modus operandi. They they just backed themselves from a from a physicality point of view of just being able to bash the opposition. But I think if you add a bit of speed to some of that ball carrying, mm. that huge size, you, you're you're going to be destruct- destructive. Um, And it it just felt as though we got into our pattern, into our shape much easier. We are much more threatening lines of running than they did. And if they added that to their game, I think that would bring them to the next level again because of the physical nature of their big ball carriers. Um, So it'll be interesting to see whether they're able to develop that part of their game. But it feels like a coaching piece really does just working hard, working a bit harder than us. Getting back a bit deeper, running or running harder onto the ball, and and then you know with some of those big ball carriers, they're running hard, direct and straight, and they've got options out the back. You're going to have to respect that. Mm. That's wh- that's where we are at the moment. We don't have the the players of you know, of you know, of that you know size and and
0: maybe across the board ball carrying capabilities. In November, I half wondered if other coaches were starting to get to grips with the Irish attack, which had blossomed, you know, and, and maybe. I was going to use the word peaked in New Zealand and then November it was so-so and I thought uh uh-oh, are they starting to work things out and now suddenly the Irish attack again is back with a bang in a big way.
1: It's It's not an attack that you can work out though when you've got two, three options. It's not. And that, that's what it is. is. And do you know what? The big thing, it would be really good to, did a little bit of stuff on social media today about the Ringro, or the Keenan yeah. um, tribe. That, for me, what goes on there, there's so many moving parts. There's the, you know, I'm sure people are, I don't, see the RT, but we were talking about on ITV about, you know, the elongated Rook from um, Van der and, um and O'Mahony to make sure that Cyril Bay couldn't come from negative Rook to plug that inside. You know, I saw Berta Jackman talk about the spacing that Keenan had to run between um, between referee and Antonio who had made the previous tackle but the big part of that is the generosity of what the rest of the team do and players do so Gary Ringrose obviously runs a big loop play around and he's the one that has to animate off um, Conor Murray getting the ball back from Beelham what does that do? The knock-on effect to uh, the defensive line, it's Fiku and Dupont and then winger, I presume, Penault on the outside. Him showing and animating like that, has to, they have to give respect to the front line. Yes. And if he doesn't animate like that, there's a chance that Dupont sees that something's going on back on the inside and he plugs back inside and he chases ring rows and he'll call to Entomac, fullback is yours. Whereas Entomac had to hedge his bets because he had no... He would no cover from anyone from the wing. So he was like, do I have Ringrose? Do I have Keenan? Whereas that, those aspects are the difference between mm. Keenan being able to carry, into, uh, carry and, and create an uncertainty
0: between Ramos and, and Entomac and and him <clears throat> maybe having to find a pass. And what's um, striking about that is uh, when you first came into this studio, the Götze, ten years ago now, which is uh, frightening, um, that's very much it was a Joe Schmidt play, but also that word animation was like a hallmark of yeah. the Schmidt era so it's quite nice to see that for all the maybe unpredictability of the Irish attack and the heads up aspect they haven't thrown the baby out with the bathwater they've yeah. kept that good stuff and the other thing as
1: well on that is like if you watch Geelong is, sees from the animation as well like they've got different versions to that then as well you can do that play again and it can go back to Conor Murray and you can go out the back to Ringrose who runs that line or Herring runs short on Bielham and yeah, he throws it back in to, to uh, Keenan, but he can do that slip that we've seen from Leinster before. Leinster scored a, a trial for five metre scrum by yeah. um, by Doris doing a slip to Alatoa. Ala like That's another part of the Joe Schmidt iteration of that play. So you can do three things from it. You can go back inside, you can give it to Murray and out the back to Ringrose, or you can do the slip. Um, so it, you can't defend all of them. And if you run good lines and you're able to play heads up and see what the defence is doing and react, you know, without pre, pre-forecasting pre it, it was pre forecasted. don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they had obviously analysed that they're chasers of Rook. You know, they leave guard sometimes. Um, so, I don't know, you get huge satisfaction, I'm sure, as a coaching ticket when you've come up with that and you've strategised. And then actually, do you know what? Johnny's too early on the on the um on on his support line he he's gets just, through
0: he's just not a details man no
1: I mean, he needs no. to pull up his a, well that was a try for him <laughs> actually if he's if he's on side i think keenan probably chooses to draw ramos okay and go out to his side but i think he looks he's ahead of him so as and then as soon as he sees Entomac hedging
0: his bets he makes a great call and just accelerates and goes right. backs himself so i mean i mean you've explained like there's so so many options within that move and then God, they're a joy to watch though when things are just a bit loose as well. I mean, maybe they're not France in the loose, but I mean the moment where Sexton gallops down the left-hand touchline, yeah. and Doris hot on his heels and points to Sorry, the sorry, space what? A, what pass. Sorry, that pass as yeah. well. So, like, like the, that pass is amazing. Amazing.
1: not not many players see that pass where it's going to where the player is going to be, not where they are. Yeah, and it's 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 a generous size eye of a needle, but it's an eye of a needle. Nonetheless, it's it was a really, really beautiful, beautiful.
0: beautifully time. Slow motion makes it look better. Yeah, again.
1: it was. It was class.
0: Not many times in uh, rugby you see a ball played into someone's path, uh, yeah. bite into the rules. Yeah, but that was an example.
1: Yeah, because I don't know, you want certainty, and because it's a recycle game, you yeah. know, you don't want to throw that one where you're hopeful more than than believing it's the right it's the right play. Mm. But it's just, it, you know. Some players are able to see where the next play is going to be or what the opportunity is or what's unfolding before it unfolds. Mm. That's the that's the trick. That's what that's what you have with Johnny. He he can see how something from body shapes and watching you know, shoulders turned in, or watching how narrow teams get, or someone committing to a rook, what the next opportunity is, whether to keep going the same way and whether to go wide or if you know, they're dragged out and the spacings are wide. Then you have to go through them. Th- these are small little details. That is what, you know, the IQ that you have from I'm, from him.
0: I'm curious your sense of Johnny um, on that point. You know, you're, you're painting him like like John Nash here and he's seeing all the, 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 the numbers he's encyclopedic. Yeah. Do you think he was preternaturally gifted and arrived with that kind of acumen? and could see the picture clearly or is this just a guy who's had more than his 10,000 hours? So I know it's a combination of both. But if if it's more on one side of the ledger than the other, um,
1: it's a good question, Joe. Uh, I would say it, it is a bit of both. I think he obviously had he was predisposed to be, to having that ability. It's just there wasn't opportunity for it. But pretty quickly, he could see things you know ahead of time. Yeah. and you have to remember as well this is the perfect. F- game plan for him to be able to bring out the best of that. Whereas previous game plans from oh nine, ten, eleven, twelve 9 10, 11, 12, Leinster and Ireland teams, maybe, you know, you weren't seeing that level of decision making. And I think he's progressively gotten better at it because of the 10,000 hours that have has gone into it. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, you'll see other players come along and not do it as well as that after seven or eight years of it's practicing. Okay. Put it that way. So that, that I do think he has an ability. When you have three options, most players at 10 can pick two. Two of the three mm. at, at that last second. He he can pick three of three. And that's the real effectiveness of, of him. Um, that said, half an hour of Ross Byrne was uh, very important for everyone to see and feel confident and to think... You know, there is life after Johnny Sexton because you know, I've I've um kind of scrutinized Ross Byrne's performances in the past. I, I have to say he's he's improved no end and there's a real comfort and a confidence with the way he's playing now and firmly on the back of the last two performances, particularly that half an hour. Um around him being number two and being a facilitator to bring out the best in others I think he, he fits into that game plan extremely well it's, he's, he's it's tried and tested at Leinster as well he's been doing something very very similar for a number of years so he's probably the best fit to really get it he doesn't square around the corner the same way Johnny does not yet and that, that's the next iteration mm-hmm. but, um, but, but very very comforting to see a really good half an hour performance the way he put in
0: Uh, You were pretty bullish when we spoke last week ahead of this game and and so it proved uh, given the scoreline and the general sense you and Manny have that Ireland could have even won by uh, more. To what extent given, you know, the likes of Don, she'll be back, World Cup will be on home soil and myriad other factors but to what extent would Saturday give you a real confidence if it was France in a quarter final?
1: Yeah, I I, I don't think, I think they'd be very worried. I think they'd be very worried. I think four tries to one says an awful lot. Um, And 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 lots of other opportunities of being held up to. Okay, the low isn't one isn't a try, so maybe three tries to one. But then you know you would have to anticipate you should be scoring one of the four held up over the line as well. So you know swings and roundabouts. So, um, but I think that is a is is huge. You know the the amount of opportunities that we did create for ourselves, the variety of it, the quality of passing to get low into the corner.
0: Yeah.
1: um, Nine minutes in the twenty-two. Um, versus yeah. their 57 seconds. There you go. Um, so I, and then and then we do look very, very hard to stop from two metres out. Like there's just, there's a comfort, I think the ball carrying of Doris and Furlong's not even there at the moment, albeit Beelum had a great game. Um, I, I think we're, you know, I heard a bit of conversation around you guys talking about it. it's Beelum start ahead of Furlong. Furlong's still the best I had in the world. We didn't really. have it. Conversation. <laughs> okay, that conversation. Okay, I, Maybe I picked it up. Maybe it was another radio station I was listening to, but I, I heard you know someone talk about it. Does he deserve the jersey, or does Furlong come straight back in? I, I think the latter. Um, albeit a, a great job done, but you've got Porter then who looks oh on like un unstoppable from a meter out. Um, Amazing, and like I think the only thing you can do when he's got the ball one meter out is almost fall on your own line and try and hope that. The ball lands on you, like like we like they held up DuPont did a couple of times. And yeah. that's the only thing that you can actually do with Andrew Porter. You can't get lower than him and and expect. Because the technique, I watched the technique on his try. It's he gets it in and he almost gets into that three-point start position, but it's a two-point start. So he has it in his arms, doesn't have a hand down on the ground. It's like that sprinter start. Mm. And then it's that two feet jump forward. Plus, if you get a latch on with that as well, there's just too much power there. Right. And the body height, you, you cannot defend that. The only way of defending that is getting under it.
0: Can we put a bit of coolant on this hype for a second?
1: No, no, I'm not here for that. Um, um,
0: I, I asked Raj this on Sunday and he said, well, I haven't thought about it that way. So I'll ask you, if you were playing against Ireland or, or coaching against Ireland, what's the weakness quote unquote that you would go after. I think you've got to you've got to win the,
1: the aerial battle. I think you've got to win the kick game, the the breaking ball. I think we still Fran proved that we still have a little bit of vulnerability of transitioning, you know, from um yeah, if we don't gather the the, the, the ball in particularly um the possession that others kick to us. If they get that back, I think we still can get a little bit narrow. You can sometimes have Personnel together, defending together—that you don't necessarily want. That's just part of the disorganisation, yeah. disorganised nature of um, of broken field play. Um, but yeah, we 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 structure. Um, albeit we're playing heads up is our friend. That really broken field stuff is not it's what wild. we're after, and that's where New Zealand get a lot of their scores. That's where France are, are at their best. So that's where wales have have gone well against us in the past where we've um, where where we've struggled and it's a very
0: different team now a very different defensive system which uh, team uh, last world cup question by the way god let's enjoy uh, no, a it's tail to the tail the like, grand slam like which, it is, which it's,
1: it's, it's it, i think it's important to say as well we're going in the right direction mm. but we're not winning the world cup yet no, we're not we're, far from it. We, we, we we should have confidence Going into the World Cup on the back of what we've seen so far, but and we don't even have a have a slam you know to play for yet. Scotland
0: will be be tricky, but we can enjoy that eighty minutes for what it was. Which uh, World Cup team uh, would Ireland class as liable to give us the most trouble, just in terms of styles and personnel?
1: Oh, it's so hard to see. like. I don't know what New Zealand is going to come in the summer. You know, they won the rugby championship last year, haven't been terrible, Fredful right? Yeah. yeah. So I think. When you know that it's them or France in a quarter final, that's significant. Either of those is going to be very, very difficult in a quarter final, no matter what way you're playing yourself. They're gonna, it's going to be a great, great game. That I, I fancy Australia might get their act together a bit. Just I don't know what they will, what they'll offer up front, but they'll be super fit under Eddie Jones, and just think there's something there coming, um, and. And then South Africa are a World Cup team. Yeah. So I, I do think it's okay, I've named four teams, but <laughs> yeah. it's very hard to I think you you know I think you'll probably see the winner from those. from those but, five but teams. But none Who of would them else?
0: none of them jump out as like a
1: certain kryptonite for our. No, I don't yeah. think so, because we've you know, we um We've we've shown in the last year, you know, winning away in New Zealand, beating South Africa in a really physical game, staying in the hunt with France in in Paris last year. All of that stuff adds to you know confidence and belief that when you find yourself in that situation again, you'll have the minerals to to get it done.
0: Do you think it's uh, important for Ireland to win the Six Nations to win a trophy under Farrell going to World Cup? Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think just with with, (laughs) sorry, the, the reason is.
1: We're not going to lose to Italy in Rome. Mm -hmm. So the reason would be that we'd either be losing to Scotland, who are in our pool, which we don't want to do away from home, or we lose on the Grand Slam to England at home on Paddy's weekend. So those two thoughts, it's not just... It's not just the loss of a trophy, it would be the impact of what a defeat of either magnitude would actually have to us.
0: Losing a trophy from this position?
1: Yes. Like we're in a very, very strong position with with high confidence levels but but Scotland will be will like they're uber confident now, and I don't think they'll beat France to be
0: honest with you over mm. in France, but I think it might be close enough. you mentioned France that had fourteen men I haven't heard anyone really think that Antonio deserved a yellow bar wayne Barnes, which is kind of an extraordinary so, situation. Uh, actually there's there's a it's there was a few rugby um Sites
1: like the Rugby Guy and rugby, don't know, rugby Lad somewhere else, and these would have you know ten or fifteen thousand followers. And I was I looked down through the comments just to get an understanding. It was massively polarized on that on it, right? Like, and I don't know where these. You know, I think it was largely Southern Hemisphere um, belief that you know this is a oh, yellow card or, or no nothing. Yeah. Great shot. I, I actually just I don't think they're gonna they're get. The necessity to change what we're doing, change it's habits. A definite divide between. Oh, There's a massive divide, and it's it's very frustrating because we are going to lose bodies going for people. We're going to lose interest levels yeah. at grassroots level if you don't, if we don't penalise that correctly. And um, what do you think Barnes saw and reasoned? I don't know. I I guess he didn't want to be seen to be. Ruining a game of taking a guy out of it where it was going to be one and two in the world, you won fifteen against fifteen, I can understand that there was there's been some red cards in the past that have felt a bit soft, you know, and maybe he didn't want to be seen as that but i don't I don't think well you would have had judging on some of the social media response you would have had split opinion, yeah. but it's 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 you know the arm down by the side. the other thing as well um there's another instance about two or three minutes from the end of the game and he hits Kelleher um, Antonio, the exact same action. It's not as big a shot to the head but it's not insignificant. So, like, there's a bit of technique in that but there, you're, we're, the World Rugby are 100% trying to eradicate that type of out-of-control collision line of sight, no hinge at the hips and if you get it a fraction off. And it's not even, I thought, in, I was wondering, a pal of mine is the is a... Um, like a signing commissioner and um, we're, we always kind of chat through these things and he was asking he kind of initially thought maybe yellow and then we on the cold light I saw it again and he was like no it's a, it's a red card because he was talking about it being a secondary head collision it's not not there's no there's, no there's head. no whiplash not whiplash onto the shoulder yeah. where it's it like most the brunt of the collision is chest and then the, f- the head moves forward if you actually watch the whole impact the head remains in the same position it doesn't Turk torque forward as he hits his upper body and and then ha- hit onto his shoulder. I, it's it's yes. a it's a straight line head
0: head collision. I, I felt Barnes might have been in that vicinity of was it more body first? Yeah, no well that's I'm sorry, that is what he what he thought it was. Um but like
1: Yeah, it's it's listen, he got it, it wasn't his fault on the on the James Lowe um decision because he didn't get that angle until afterwards. Um but yeah, they they really they dodged the ball because that would have changed the game significantly yeah. as well. Lose a man of you know, in that speed a game of that speed and ferocity to be one down would really count with ten or fifteen to go. By the way, what a brilliant um ability to hold on to the ball for Rob Herring. I thought Rob Herring had a couple of really big moments. Brilliant carry early before that. But to be able to Hold possession after a collision like that. Yeah.
0: He looked shook afterwards. Trying to he gatherers. did,
1: yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, it's
0: I don't know. We'll 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 see. He's obviously been sided, and I'm sure he's going to get a ban of some sort. Yeah, there was a lag, by the way, in getting herring off with the HIA, and even getting
1: he ne- yeah he didn't the go to the, the scrum though he didn't. there wasn't that great a lag. I don't like he didn't go into that scrum. No. Which
0: it was a long long period though. But it, it actually wasn't. But there hadn't been a there, there was wasn't, no play. No, there, was there was no, no, no play. play. No, but like okay, so fair enough. Yeah, Norton was re-involved in play but Harry yeah. wasn't Yeah,
1: so that's fine I've never had a problem that before they went down again you know, into a scrum there was
0: no yeah. you know, no danger We don't have time to talk about all the other teams I suspect we'll be blue in the face talking about Scotland in advance, in advance of uh, round four I'm just curious for your thoughts on England and where they're going They beat Italy 31-14 Slade and Lawrence in midfield Farrell with them uh, their forwards were to the fore and, and, and had the game broken early on It's even interesting like Borthwick uh, afterwards and I think he's just being honest here but it kind of crystallises just the nadir that England are in three competitive games out from World Cup so he was asked about Ireland France he said if you look at them they're strong we're a bit behind I can't tell you how much but we are behind them he was asked how soon do you think the gap will be narrowed I can't answer that question and then he was asked you know he, he had said basically everything was rubbish in November from an England point of view and he was asked about, well, how do you sort that out? He said, one of my key jobs is to prioritise two or three things each week. If we try and get better at everything all at once, we'll get better at nothing. I mean, it does just underline the mess they're in. Oh, they they they, they can't hope for
1: much more than, like, I think a, a successful World Cup for them, a hugely successful World Cup right now where we are. And, and And I'm always mindful of not getting too excited of the here and now. I've done it in the past where i I now realize that a huge amount can happen in a short space of time, mm. however, I think right now, if you were being honest that a semi final would be a great result for where for, for this English team is comparatively to those other nations that we mentioned france australia um south africa new zealand ireland yeah they are they are all ahead of them in the rankings and um and in mindset that that just feels as though there's a there's a lot of work for England to do. That said, could England go and beat any one of those teams? They could. Mm. You know, because you know what England are capable of. If they get their physical game right and and their star performers play brilliantly and they and they play that set piece well, um, really, you know, miserly defense, yeah. kick gold. Well, it's not gonna be about kicking goals, but, you know, get a good mall going. Just those components of the game, if they can get those foundation components going well they'll still be difficult to beat it feels like such a reductive style such a dark ages style but I think they have to well they've got to cut their cloth and they're not going to they're not going to be playing France or Ireland style come the World Cup that's that's impossible to conceive but they've got you know You know, they've got Richard Wigglesworth coming in in the summer. You know, he's a good thinker of the game. But I'm sure you've got to use your strengths. And and lots of people are questioning whether Owen Farrell is still the guy, you know, whether he's the the number one um, going
0: forward or whether... Andy Andy Dunne said last week he wouldn't have him in the side anymore. Yeah. See, he's been actually... I've watched a lot of Premiership and he's been very good for Saracens. Like, that's the
1: thing. So it's hard to then not select a guy that's got played very well from from a domestic point of view. Yeah. Um, but yet I think in, in all honesty is it it doesn't feel like the fear factor of playing on Farrell in the past but that's just players go through dips and tr- you know peaks and troughs of of career and I just feel internationally at the moment it feels like through this transition he's obviously getting a good bit of the brunt of the blame in this and where he's stale or you know maybe not the threat that he once was but I'm always reticent to kind of rule out guys of that capacity yeah Um, class being permanent yeah, yeah and still having an ability to really turn on a huge performance when the going gets tough that is the sort of personality and mindset that I know he possesses so I'm definitely going to hold court on that for for the moment. I wonder about George Ford. I think George Ford might be their guy. He, he, if you have to remember he was he was he's um, Borthwick's guy in yeah. Leicester. Brought them right to the final until he picked up his Achilles injury. Like he kicks very very well. Kicks often. Um, runs a backline very very well. See defensively, you have to mind him a small bit, but he's he's brave. I, I fancy. You could see that George Ford will make his way back into the England reckoning. Even you know he's been out in the cold with Eddie Jones, but he's he's really a Borthwick type player. Mm.
0: Uh, very final thought. Uh, you've been in this position as a player, I'm sure, where it's Italy in the gap week. Mm. So in a way, it's a, it's a your your big next game in round four is on the distant horizon, and you've had this very intense period. Will the bulk of the frontliners completely like not think about rugby and take a big break and not train for several days on end, or or what tends to be no, the modus operandi? I don't think that happens anymore. I think um, they're
1: all just such phenomenal pros. Um, even in camp, just looking at s- small things about you know the airplane socks on some guys, and you know the level of detail around. You know what they're eating and what they're doing it th- there's they're scrutinizing the life out of their professionalism um so no taking a few days off just isn't you, th- there's not there's kind of no days off per se mm. where they're always going to be doing something they're always going to be you know in recovery year yeah. in you know the hot cold stuff all of that whatever works for them that
0: will be going on on the non-training days. But... Um, Mentally, you need a break from all that,
1: don't you? Yeah, yeah you do, but...
0: See you Driscoll in like McDonald's at 4am on, a, on, a, on Grafton Street, no? That was, that's the week before an international. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: no, fair enough. Maybe they just like the routine and, and it, they stay They're different. In the, the, yeah. They're, di- they're really...
1: That, that was, sorry, the other thing about camp. They're, it's a very, very different type of... It's a different generation. You know, it's... They're, they're, they wear... It's number one, comf- you know, mm. com- pretty comfortably. And they've been wearing. I think time, we, then. yeah, I think we are okay. uncomfortable as a nation with it. I don't think they are mm. because they've they've won all the beaten all the big sides in the last year and a half, and so w- with that comes a huge belief in in what you're doing is right, and and then but also with a mind of continued development and and not feeling as though not thinking you're chocolate you know that you are that you need to improve and enhance and add on to what you're doing to make sure that you keep changing
0: and are difficult for the opposition to analyze and yeah. and um and, and defend what you're what you're putting to them I was talking to someone as well who said that um you know Farrell doesn't do the Rob Kearney was saying he stopped doing the team talks on match day at the hotel he does them in the stadium now and uh, previously journalists would have been around Carton House a little bit but now all media is done away from the hotel um, I, I presume high performance unit or, or whatever but almost this hotel now is like uh, a cocoon. Right. You don't need to be on at all times. We're not going to do meeting after meeting here and, and, and team talks here. It's almost you let your shoulders drop a touch when you're in the hotel. Yeah. I presume that's his thinking. Do
1: you know what, one last thing? Do yeah. you know what's amazing I'm, and there'll be lots of times for me to further wax lyrically about Johnny Sexton over the course of the next six months or so. What I find amazing is his ability to connect with guys that are fifteen years younger than them. Because I think that's the challenging thing when you get a bit older. Um I remember talking to an, an ex Leinster player you know, not that long ago and, and asking him one more year and he was like, No way. I just can't I can't connect with these young lads. Mm. This he was like their Snapchat and whatever else and what their conversation. It's just it's a it's a totally different world than he's in. He was a family guy. So change No. So I so I <laughs> look so I look at Johnny in yeah. that environment and you know, these 20, 21-year-olds, and I just think it's an amazing ability to be able an adaptability of them to be able mm-hmm. to still be excited about being in there. And the rugby is the is the common denominator, of course, but yet he doesn't let the other stuff affect his opinion around what it's like for him to be in camp. Mm. I think that's a real, it's it's that's uh, that's a there's a different type of mental toughness mm. to be able to go in and and not maybe be with great mates. Yes, he's good pals with Murray and Earlsey and and um, Peter O'Mahony, but when you are the old guy, it's 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 challenging to feel relevant amongst the core group of who, of whatever age bracket that is, because you lose the power. The yeah. older you get, the reality
0: is someone else comes along and there's more of them than there are of ye. Interesting. I presume for, um, uh, you might have been in this bracket, to be fair, and Paul O'Connell, I, you know, he is akin to Tiger Woods. Like, they've grown up watching him. I'm sure they half worship him. Oh, no, for did. sure. That's so, it's, you know.
1: I don't want to, I want to make the comparison of of what I heard with, with, um You know, Messi when he for the World Cup, where you know, (laughs) it feels like he's more fair than anyone in the squad, including the coaching staff. But like, literally, when Messi spoke, everyone shut up, coaches and everyone. It was like, so I think there's, there's a small bit of, yeah, yeah, what he. It's just that he's been able to back it up. Yes. And when everyone thought that he was chopped liver in 2019, he's actually gotten better. So that like with that comes a continued credibility, not that he needs any more, but a total belief in what he's saying, what he's doing and the on field coaching of um, guidance that he's now providing for this squad, and even when he's not playing and and hopefully imparting it on Ross Byrne as well, I think is his real USP and you know, his the impact he's had on this squad is beyond significant. It's um yeah, it's it's, it's just Different that than you can imagine, and and hopefully it leads to um, to something
0: great. Obviously in the in the short term, but also in the in the longer term later on the year. That's a great point to finish on. Uh, quick mention: Vodafone are rugby sponsors here. They're offering a small business customer the opportunity to display their brand pitchside advertising during Ireland England, as well as that if you're a small business owner who knows a rugby fan between the age of seven and twelve who'd like to be mascot. Vodafone offering that once in a lifetime opportunity Mascot will meet the team walk out with them at the England match and to enter for either of those opportunities you can check out Vodafone Ireland's Twitter page or search Vodafone.ie forward slash business Billy O'Driscoll right. Billy O'Driscoll for, for Mascot If you can't get Billy as, as Mascot <laughs> I mean something's gone wrong uh, Thank you very much Nice one Brian O'Driscoll on off the ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.